Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Wow, it's so good to see you all today. And uh, welcome to Church Online. And I believe that uh, these are challenging days, but they're also exciting days. And just as I was praying, um, preparing for today, I felt the Lord drop these words in my heart. It is time. It is time for some of us to step up and step out again. It's time for some of us to reconnect and reach up to the purposes of God over our lives. I believe it's time for us to reach out and touch people in our community more than we ever have. And I feel some of us, we've um, been pressing into God personally, but I feel the Spirit of God saying it's time to step up and step out and do what God's been stirring your heart to do. Also, before I share the message today, I just want to pray for some people that have had pain down the back of their neck um, and and into their shoulders. And I just believe today the pain is going to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's um, several people here have got either children or grandchildren that are infants or young babies that there's significant uh, health issues with them. They've either been born premature or there's a situation. It may not be your child, but it may be a relative or a friend of yours. And I'm going to pray today and join with your faith and believe for a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And there's someone else that just recently you've received a a serious diagnosis from the doctor, from tests, and it has really um, challenged and overwhelmed your faith. But today, we're going to believe for breakthrough. Why don't you reach up to heaven right now as we pray? Father, I just believe for your breakthroughs. It's time for your miracle power to work. Lord, it's time for you to bring breakthroughs with healing in that pain down the back of the neck and the shoulders. Lord, with that uh, uh, person who's received a very challenging diagnosis recently for their health or someone close to them or those that have children or grandchildren that have significant health challenges because they're infants or uh, young babies. I just believe today for your healing power, Lord, demonstrate your goodness and your mercy and your grace over these people. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. So good to see you and the power of the Holy Spirit is still at work. Today, I want to start a short series on the church in 2020. It's the beginning of uh, the new financial year, beginning of July. It's hard to imagine six months of our year has rushed by, but it's time to just refocus and reconnect. And uh, as Pastor Peter shared, um, we're investigating ways to start to get back to some uh, public services as on uh, Sundays, um, but there's still a bit of a journey there working through the guidelines and health regulations and all that. And we want to um, honour God and do the right thing and make it safe for everyone. But I know many people have been connecting, having people over to your homes and doing the social media and online, but Church is probably going to look a little bit different when we come out of this, right across our nation and across the world. So what's church going to look like when we come out of this pandemic? What changes are happening in the body of Christ? Jesus said to go into all the world and make disciples, not just to have church meetings and services. And sometimes we become so focused on our Uh, what happens on Sundays, and that's awesome. We have an encounter culture where people come to Christ every week and the breakthroughs happen, the fellowship and the prayer and the Word and the gifts of the Spirit, and we want to uh, move back into that as soon as we can. But I believe God's also adjusting our focus and understanding of what is the church. It's the body of Christ. It's families. It's individuals growing together in the Lord, and we want to over these next few weeks, just explore what the Bible teaches us and what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in the church. 
Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So no matter what darkness, what challenges are in our world, in our community, in our lives, our families, Jesus said, we will overcome. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So Jesus Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now we've looked at those verses and we've uh, preached on them and taught them before, but I think it's time to have a fresh look um, on how we're to function as the body of Christ. And we see there um, different... Uh, aspects of the body of Christ. At first, uh, verse 11, it talks about, and verse 12, that, that uh, God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers key ministry gifts into every uh, church and across the body of Christ. And sometimes we think um, that the uh, pastors and uh, leaders are there to do all the ministry, to visit us, to pray for us, to do weddings and funerals and baptisms and dedication. Yes, that is a part of our role. But the teaching here that Paul was giving to the church and the Holy Spirit says today is our primary role as pastors and leaders is to equip the saints, the body of Christ for the work of the ministry, not to do all the ministry in a church or community and not to try and meet everyone's needs or to visit everyone in their home or their workplace. The Bible says we are to be shepherds under Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd, and we are to equip, empower and release people. Yes, we do ministry by to give example and to train and equip others. But our primary role as pastors and leaders is not to do all the work of the ministry, but to equip the body of Christ. And I think for our church where we've had hundreds of people that serve as volunteers on teams, and we are endeavoring to fulfill God's plan because that's when the church is the strongest and when people are released. Also, we have uh, not just pastor leaders, but we have church leaders and, and, uh, that lead teams and, and mentors and spiritual mums and dads. What's their role? They are to be examples to lead and support others, to also equip and release. And we see that in Acts chapter 6. Spirit-filled deacons and leaders organized and supervised the feeding and caring for the widows. So ministry leaders. Uh, board members, team leaders, they serve in various ways to strengthen the uh, pastors and leadership team and to connect with the body of Christ and our community. So we want to give a shout out today for all those that have served and serve as leaders and team members in our church. We want to thank you because you're doing a vital role of responsibility of pillars in the house and releasing many others to function in ministry. And then we have the, the rest of the Christians in the body of Christ. We're all there, uh, born into the kingdom of God in the body of Christ. The scripture here says we, our goal is to grow into maturity, to serve one another and build one another up in love and to reach out and share and speak the truth in love. So as the body of Christ, we are all there functioning, flourishing, having godly families, 
good relationships, being a good example to our community and working together with the the team leaders and pastors and uh, key ministry gifts so that together we can see his church get strong. Like Jesus said, it will be strong and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And God's calling us to understand our role. And sometimes we have wrong perceptions and we get frustrated when the pastor hasn't rung or visited us. And uh, we've got hundreds in our church. We delegate. We have teams. And it's as if one of the uh, uh, frontline team leaders or a uh, life group leader connects you, it's the same as the pastor connecting with you. And yes, we are shepherds and we do the key areas of life. But I want to encourage you, let's do it God's way and we'll see God's fruit. And uh, we want to strengthen our connection as pastors and leaders and we do that in all sorts of ways. Ephesians 1, and 23 and says, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Wow, what a unique um, structure, organization the church of Jesus Christ is. It's not controlled by boundaries. It is the life of God flowing through people. And uh, the Aramaic word for church is the joining of the two words, meet and come. This word is an invitation to enter into fellowship with Christ and with his people. The Greek word for church is ecclesia, which means called out ones, legislative assembly or selected ones. This is not a religious term at all, but a political and governmental term that is used many times in classical Greek for a group of people who have been summoned and gathered together to govern the affairs of a city. For Jesus to use this term means he is giving the keys of governmental authority in his kingdom to the church of Jesus Christ. Wow, that is a powerful thing. So often we settle for less than our place of influence in our society. But God's put his hand of favor and blessing on you in business, in your profession, in families, in marriages, in our gifts and all those things that we have so that we can be a great blessing for our city. Because when the righteous prosper, it says the city prospers. And I believe that God's um, shaking things up through this virus and that many Christians and businesses and churches and care, care ministries and counseling and all those things will arise to have even greater influence for the, for the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and on in that chapter talks about the physical body and gives us a really good picture to explain this better. I want to read some of these verses from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 onwards. For just as the human body is one, though it has many parts, that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we're all immersed and mingled into one single body, and no matter our status, whether we're Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we're all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. Thank God when you're born again, the Spirit of God comes and fills your heart. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. Or if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it's still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? Mate, that would look really, really weird. If the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God, verse 18, has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. Wow. 
Sometimes the enemy will lie to us and well, I don't really fit. No one needs my gift and, and I'm a bit obscure and I don't have lots of anointing and talents. Hey, God's put us in the body. Just like in a family, everyone needs to do their part for it to function well. Otherwise, others carry more than they should and then others feel frustrated because they're not noticed or used. And God, by His Spirit, brings those with administration gifts, care, counselling, leadership, uh, prophetic insight, and all of those different gifts, the practical uh, serving Altogether, it says a diversity is required for if the body consists of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. And equally wrong of the head to say to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. Wow. Sometimes we think, well, I don't, I'm not really that important. God says you're very important. The body parts we think are less honourable, we treat with greater um, respect. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with propriety and clothe them. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honour to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern and so that there will be no division in the body. Verse 26, in that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honoured, everyone rejoices. And at Bayside, we endeavour to do that. And sure, we wouldn't get it always right, but our heart is to celebrate and to support. Then it says, you are the body of the anointed one of Christ, and each of you is unique and a vital part of it. God has placed in the church the following, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then those with gifts of miracles, gifts of divine healing, gifts of revelation, knowledge, gifts of leadership, and gifts of different kinds of tongues. Not everyone is an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. Not everyone performs miracles or has the gifts of healing or speaks in tongues or interpret tongues. But you should all constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts. And now I will show you a superior way to live that is beyond comparison. Wow, wow, wow. That is a, there's so much in that passage. I want to remind us that each one of us belongs. God's equipped us. We, the, he wants us to keep growing in our gift. And, and as we use it, we grow. Sometimes we think, well, I'm still sorting so much out in my life. I'll wait till I'm sorted out or perfect. Then I'll start to help and serve. Hey, no, we grow and learn as we serve. And God wants us to strengthen our character and be available. It's very important to have everyone in their right function according to their gifts, passion, anointing, and experience. And Marilyn shared around communion about that today. And uh, whatever your passion is, your experience, some people are anointed to love and work, work with children. Others, don't let them near the kids' ministry. And uh, some are great with youth and others just don't connect with that. Some are awesome with broken, hurting people. And others don't have as much compassion. They just say, well, just stop it. That's not going to help change someone who's wrestling with an addiction or, or a long-term pain or a shame in their hearts. And God, by His Spirit, uses us in all sorts of ways. The administration gifts often feel like they're neglected or not seen, but without them, it's so we, we wouldn't function well. Someone has to plan and organize, and we need leadership. And So I want to encourage you, wherever you are, as the body of Christ goes forward, everyone's important. And then it says, I'll show you a better way. What's that? It's the way of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And then there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. 
Wow, wow, wow. Whatever we are, whatever our gifts, whatever you're good at, what your creativity, make sure it's done out of love for Jesus and love for people. It's not about getting attention to you because, hey, I'm, I'm important and functioning my gift. No, I'm laying it down, using it to serve God and others, and it's done out of love to bless and encourage people, just like parents love their children. And as leaders, we want to love one another in the body of Christ. So faith and hope both spring from love, which makes love the greatest virtue of all. Faith and hope are temporary, but love is eternal. And in that uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, he very quickly gives us 10 characteristics of love. Let's look at them briefly. It says, it's patient under stress. Number two, it's kind at all times. Three is generous, not envious. Four is humble, not self-promoting. Five is never rude. Six, does not manipulate by using shame. Seven is not irritable or easily offended. Eight, celebrates honesty. Nine, does not focus on what is flawed. And 10 is loyal to the end. How did you go with those 10? Wow, if we were marking ourselves out of 10 on each one, I'm not sure some of us would not be strong in them. Others would be really strong. The goal is we keep growing in God's love flowing through us. Ephesians 4.16 in the Passion says, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Wow, sometimes just that phone call, that, that connection, that encouragement, and uh, even sending a, uh, a physical card in the mail to someone to celebrate or honour them, and uh, the Facebook posts, and, and just having coffee with someone, it can just be so powerful because God's love is flowing through you. I want to look at one more key passage today and we'll start on this and we'll continue it next week um, on what does the church look like in 2020. uh, Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47 describes what the early church looked like after the Holy Spirit was poured out in the day of Pentecost. It says, Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. What a great picture. And in here we have nine or ten characteristics excuse me, of the early church. And I believe that through this time of uh, lockdown and of change, that we're going to emerge and probably I think the Spirit of God is going to help us to refocus on some that haven't been, had as much focus as they should. And uh, let's look at these, this scripture, and it's about how to make disciples, going to all the world and make disciples. This is how they did it in the early church, and there's some great truths here that we need to be reminded of. And we'll look at some of them today, and we'll pick up others next week. Number one, it says they, they t- followed the apostles' teaching. So as part of the body of Christ, we teach people by our lifestyle and our words, and uh, teach them to develop in their own relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
We teach kingdom of God truths from the Bible. And that's one of our um, DNA characteristics. D stands for, uh, B stands for Bible-based foundation. And so as ba- at Bayside, we teach, we communicate the Word of God. That's why we've kept having online service to teach the Word of God, encourage you to grow and develop your own journaling and your own faith, teaching the next generations the Word of God. And so that was a foundation of their lives, and that needs to be a stronger foundation not social media, not what other people say or opinions or ideas. Let your life be based on the truth of God's living word. Jesus became the word and dwell among us. Secondly, it said they had fellowship happening. They had unity of hearts. There was a lot of body life happening. There was support, encouragement, accountability, and sharing communion. And they didn't have social media or phone phones, so they did a lot more face-to-face. And... Uh, one of our DNA is the I in Bayside is inclusive, all ages, all nationalities, and all backgrounds. And I thank God for the diversity of our church at Bayside, of our community, and we want to continue to make sure that we are inclusive and encourage you to be inclusive for younger and older people than yourself, for people from different nationalities and different backgrounds. And I just thank God for all the different backgrounds of people that are in our church and in our community. And so that's how they transformed their known world, by fellowship, connecting together, visiting. And because we haven't had regular uh, Sunday services, we need to strengthen that in our small groups, in our relationships. And I know that many are intentionally connecting and ringing and calling and connect, catching up with people. I want to strengthen. I believe when we come out of this and go back to some Sunday uh, celebration services, that there will be a stronger, intentional connection in our small groups and our ministry and our connection. I believe that's one of the things that will change. It said they had prayer happening all the time. They did lots of prayer and connection with the power of God, and we need that more than ever. Fourthly, they had supernatural miracles, signs and wonders. The ways of the Holy Spirit, it says that people are in awe of God's presence. And that is another one of our DNA at Bayside. Why is yes to the Holy Spirit? We're a Pentecostal church and we want to continue to make room for that. And I really miss the encounter uh, culture part that we have in our Sunday service with the supernatural and the power of God and, and miracles and prophetic. And we're endeavoring to keep that flowing. I want to say that as we come out of this, I believe that will become stronger in our small groups, in our ministry groups, as well as in our Sunday gatherings, that we will have more of the Holy Spirit, not less. We'll have more miracles and supernatural and breakthrough where the kingdom of God heals hearts, set people free from addictions and strongholds, restores people's lives. And we're going to see his kingdom grow in more power and in his uh, incredible goodness. And we've got several others there. We'll pick it up, um, some of the others next week. But I just want to mention one more. Number seven, it says, they were meeting in temple courts and in their homes. And so... They met in larger gatherings for services in the temple courts, which was like uh, what our church is today, where they'd get together. And then they'd meet in homes. It said daily, because you've got to remember, there were people from at least 14 nationalities came for the Feast of Pentecost. They all got uh, powerfully saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And often they stayed on there for weeks or months, some even years, and didn't go back until the persecution came, and then they headed back. So they had to embrace all these new people into their homes and their community and their culture. And I believe that 
God wants us to grow stronger in small groups, in homes, in small ministries, and that will become more powerful for our discipleship and accountability and support. And then also our uh, encounter culture that will happen on Sundays of celebration, of fellowship and worship. We, we long to see that happen again, and we will as soon as we can um, to see that happen. And uh, I want to encourage you that God is reshaping His church He's stirring our lives so that we will go back to some of the things that are essential, but there'll be a fresh emphasis and focus on some of how we do church and life. We'll have less spectators and more participators. We'll have more people vitally connected in loving and serving and giving so that we can multiply ourselves for the kingdom of God. And it says that daily people came to Christ. Wow, wow, wow. And I believe we're moving to the time where daily we're going to see people coming to Christ. Many have had the joy of sharing with lives. Maybe you're watching this online and you don't know this amazing Jesus fully. You know him of a religious Jesus, as I shared last week, but you don't have a living relationship. Maybe you've been a Christian for years. It's time to refocus and find your gift and say, where do I fit? How do I belong in the body? We need more people with creativity gifts, with communication gifts, um, with musicians and, and worship teams as we get back into areas of service. And, and I believe God is going to add and raise up. Maybe you're new in town and you haven't been to one of our Sunday services because we haven't had them happening yet, but you've been watching online and we look forward to you staying connected. And uh, if you haven't sent us your contact details fully yet, we'd love you to connect with us so that we can uh, connect you into this part of the body of Christ. I want to pray God's blessing on you. And, and as we go in this series for the next few weeks on what does a church of 2020 look like, at the middle of this uh, year, we refocus. And I believe God's going to make it clearer for us. And uh, we want you to feel connected and belong to Jesus and to the body of Christ because everyone fits. Everyone belongs. And God wants us to grow and let go of the uh, pain and the sin and the agendas. Let his presence heal us. Let me pray for you today. Father, I just thank you for your building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord, you're reshaping the body of Christ so that we can flourish and function in how you've called us to be and do. I pray for every person watching today, Lord, that they would know they belong. Right now, Lord, let people just encounter you afresh. Holy Spirit, pour in your love so that we can be planted in the house of the Lord. Thank you for many that know this is their spiritual home. Others that are watching, that go to other churches, Lord, bless them and encourage them. Lord, I just pray for your presence, your power, your love, that we will learn to be disciple makers and we, our body, our church would flourish and influence our city and our community. I pray your blessing now over each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.